the Defenders podcast, the fan podcast about the Marvel Netflix series. I'm Claire. I'm Mel. I'm Matt. I'm Tammy. Oh, we've still got a Tammy. Oh, <laughs> can we take her back? Oh, never mind. Wow. <laughs> so kind of you to put us up in oh, your wow. abode in, in Harlem, Tammy, while we're on vacation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> while we're away from Defenders Tower. <laughs> And uh, we have like they did Turk. <laughs> oh, we'll get to Turk. Oh my God! Most of my notes <laughs> are the word Turk and then a little heart drawn next to it. <laughs> and we have a very special returning guest with us. It's uh, the man with the sultry tones. The man with two first names is Michael David. <laughs> Hi, Michael. Yay. How are you doing? Actually, I haven't been on since Daredevil season one, I don't think. Oh, no, no, was really? I on Jessica Jones? No, I, I think you Jessica were. Jones. I think you were on Jessica Jones. You weren't on yes. the Daredevil season two because Foggy kept you awake. <laughs> I know. I haven't watched it actually. Yet. <gasps> what? That's I can't. Crazy. It's just so. It's so not even close to Jessica Jones and Luke Cage that I can't. Yeah. Oh, look, you're hurting me right now. My Daredevil sorry, tattoo yeah. is itching with its well, tears. Somebody. <laughs> Somebody had to be the first, and they were the first, that's and they true. jumped everything off, but everything else has surpassed it. Mm, that's true. Well, as I, as I posted in uh, on the page the other day, according to comic book movies, Daredevil Season 1 is the best out of all of the shows, which ah, I no. don't know. I still, I still think that the best show is Jessica Jones, I think is the strongest show. But I think Daredevil season one is my favorite. But I will say it's not the strongest. But it's Daredevil. Come on, it's like oh. But they also kicked everything off, so they have to get some credit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, but I'm kind of worried that they said that they, in their opinion, it kind of went Daredevil, then Jessica Jones, then Luke Cage. Because I'm like, oh no, it's lowering in quality. <laughs> what does that say for Angus? <laughs> but we'll see. Um, but so far, uh, as of one episode, we all like Luke Cage, so that's good. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, Michael, are you have you watched all of Luke Cage, or you've just uh, watched up to this episode? I have watched about five episodes. Wow. Four, four or five. One, I think it might be four. I think I'm on the fifth, technically. Okay. Are you are you still enjoying it without spoilers? Uh, I. For me, right now, it rivals Jessica Jones, and wow. it could easily wow. surpass it. Wow, that's interesting. I like the vibe of it a lot. So I mean, but I and I like everybody in it. Um, There's nobody weak in it. (laughs) There's no foggy. foggy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There's no foggy, but there's no there's nobody you watch and go, why are they on this show? (laughs) There's no Robin and Ruben. Ruben. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. It's so far, so far from what I've seen. So it's very, very strong. That's cool. We'll have to see how you feel later on in the series. Mm. I'm about halfway, so we'll see. <laughs> okay. Um, I, so could, I, I could disagree with that Daredevil thing. I think Daredevil's my on the bottom for me. That's fine. I'm just never going to speak to you again. Uh, <laughs> also, I think so, you are a you traitor are to Matt's. Matt. <laughs> um, seems you are a Matt, you are and Matt. you do not like Matt Murdock. Claire, you're, you're echoing all of a sudden. Sounds like you're in a chamber. Mm. I'm just prepping that blood tank because uh, I think Matt's <laughs> going to be joining Robin in there very soon. Oh. <laughs> all right. um, okay, I have a, a little bit of news, um, but it is very important news. So, uh, in the last week, the Iron Fist trailer was released. Have you guys seen it? 
Yeah. Nope. Ah, well, Tammy is a cheat. Um, cheat, cheat, oh. a pumpkin eater. But that's fine. It's just a teaser trailer, so. <laughs> Uh, what did I, you? I would never remember it by the time it. <laughs> <laughs> what did you? What did you think, Tammy? Um, I liked it. I don't understand any of it. So, uh, <laughs> I don't know anything about Iron Fist at all. So, uh, I just watched it. and Was like, oh, those are f- some fun moves. Cool. <laughs> it's that guy <laughs> from Game of Thrones. Thrones. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, then I would even know that because I don't watch Game of Thrones. That's true. So. I thought Matt would be, um, you'd be happy with the trailer, Matt, because a certain Colleen Wing appears in the trailer, who I know you're I excited to see. Oh, you did? You, no, I said I didn't. I thought you'd be mad at me. Uh, well, I'm already mad at you, so it's fine. I mean, I guess you can you can watch it. It's fine. No, I mean, it's a teaser trailer, so if you want, I will allow you to watch the teaser trailer, only because Colleen Wing is in it, and I know that you are a fan, so there you go. Okay. Because who knows when Misty Knight will show up, you know? in this show <laughs> um, i was i was on uh, a website and like um miss the actress for misty knight said that she uh, was supposed to show up in defenders the show yes I, yeah, yeah she's I, due to show I up in defenders definitely i think well she's also due to show up i believe in iron fist um which would make sense and we'll go into a bit more about her kind of later which that that yeah that would make sense um but yeah she's due to show up in the defenders and someone else who's due to show up in the Defenders, I don't know if you guys heard this news from Comic-Con as well, is the the actress playing the villain has been revealed, and it is Sigourney Weaver, which is like, oh my god! Like, my sci-fi nerd, in a nerd, is like cheering and jumping up and down with joy. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. I, love I know! Sigourney. I know! I, I have no idea who she's playing. Like... Mm-hmm. Like no so I, idea. I heard rumors. I heard rumors of Miss Mephisto. She could, yeah. I mean, that's the only person I can that kind of jumps to mind, which is like the Marvel Devil, who uh, in a terrible, terrible storyline in the comics made a deal with Spider-Man to save Aunt May's life, and oh, it was terrible. Uh, it's the worst Spider-Man story ever. Um, but Mephisto <laughs> kind of shows up in uh, in the Daredevil comics. Um, at, at some points, um, and Mephisto has been played previously in one of the films by Peter Fonda in the terrible Ghost Rider movie. <laughs> so you know, and also seeing as they've introduced uh, Ghost Rider now into Agents of Shield, who sort of has ties to like the d- more demonic side of of Marvel stuff, and they've got um, Doctor Strange, who's tied to the more sort of mystical side as well. That would probably make sense. Um, and they're sort of doing that with the hand we saw in Daredevil Season 2. Um, but we'll have to see. You know, Someone said that she might be playing um, Foggy's mum, who in the in the comics is a real bitch. So Michael would be happy <laughs> at that. <laughs> I would love if that's just her villain. Like, that's why she's a villain, just because she's a bitchy mom. <laughs> she really is. She's Her name in the comics is Rosalind Sharp, but she's known as Razor Sharp. It's quite funny. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so other news, they have officially started filming the Punisher series. I think we mentioned that last week, but it has been confirmed that Karen Page will be a character in it. So uh, Deborah Moore has been seen on set, but I imagine this means because they're not doing a, a Daredevil season three before Defenders, and we don't know if she's appearing in Defenders, that this is going to be her new show. So she's going to be a main character in it, which is kind of interesting from what we saw of their relationship in season two 
um, of Daredevil and with Karen and Matt kind of splitting up at the end of Daredevil well we don't really know what happened with them then um, it'd be interesting to see how they're going to develop their relationship because I would have thought that that was it you know uh, but we shall see uh, and in the last bit of news, I uh, was given a very special present by our listener, Rebecca, which I've shared with um, Matt Mel and Tammy and also Michael, which is the Luke Cage bingo card <laughs> um, for us to fill out uh, during these episodes at our leisure. Michael can uh, obviously fill out a lot of these because he's up to episode five um, and, you know, we'll maybe get bingo by the end. But uh, I think maybe instead of bingo, it should be like Sweet Christmas or something, if you get all of them. I don't know. That'd be cool. Um, But we got quite a few from this week's episode. I'm going to post this on the Facebook group as well. Um, But it includes stuff like a DMX song, uh, Jessica Jones reference, uh, Luke has sex with Claire. That's not me. I'm imagining that's Claire Temple. But I don't mind if I show up in it as well. That'd be quite cool. Uh, Luke gets a yellow shirt in the finale. Uh, shades removes his shades uh, one we have for this episode someone close to Luke dies and then in brackets not Reva um, so yeah so feel free to, to fill these out guys and yeah enjoy shout bingo or sweet Christmas if you get any um, and everyone can play along at home when I put it in the in the on the page there okay. hasn't been any sweet Christmases in the no. two episodes we've seen we we get one in the last minute of the last episode when um because we actually <laughs> see in this episode there's halloween decorations so the mm. last episode takes place on christmas and the last thing that happens is luke cage okay. looks out over a snowy harlem yeah. and calls a little urchin over to go and buy him the biggest christmas turkey he can find you know like Where? like uh, scrooge and then at the end he just looks at the audience and says sweet christmas and then winks <laughs> Claire, what you should have is a Christmas special. Yeah. Oh, it's Apple so good. <laughs> and then you learn the true meaning of Christmas as he kicks ass. You learn <laughs> you learn what is going to make it this year a sweet Christmas. Yes. <laughs> and uh, my heart grows three sizes in its chest. Maybe it's all about Luke Cage teaching Cottonmouth the true meaning of Christmas. <laughs> 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 so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Uh, anyway, so are we ready uh, to go into this episode? Yep. Yep. Cool. I actually have a little the little description from Netflix. I'm so organised. So this week's episode was Code of the Streets. Luke is pulled deeper into the fight for his neighbourhood when, as a favour to an old friend, he tries to help a kid who's in trouble with Cottonmouth. And it was written by Chio Hadari Koka and directed by Paul Paul McGuigan, just like last week. Uh, I should say, Tammy, uh, do you have any uh, any lyrics for us this week? Yes. Oh, cool. Uh, <laughs> so organised, Tammy. Um, <laughs> I, too, have a link to uh, <laughs> the lyrics. Um, yeah, so this week I chose, um, it starts with the young ones doing crime for fun, and if you ain't down, you'll be played out, son. Uh, by the way, I'm not a rapper, if you don't know. Uh, <laughs> they can't do Jack. Could have fooled me. They can't do Jack. That's why Young Brothers open. Um, which I think was interesting just because we saw all the the young versions of uh, of some of our characters. So. Yeah. Uh, and then the other one was Do Anything, Anywhere, Anyplace, Buckwild in Another Court Case, It's the Code of the Streets. And that's kind of, to, to me, that's like Tone's attitude. Nice. 
I do so think that the, they must have like chosen them like for a reason, you know, like have had a little think about some of the lyrics, which is pretty mm-hmm. cool. If you become a rapper, Tammy, can we call you T-Yip? Can that be your rapper name? <laughs> that sounds really weird, but sure. <laughs> cool. So, <laughs> the episode opens and Luke is watching Christmas Attic's um, uh, building and is held up by this kid. And we kind of get this, like, Western music, which was pretty cool. Um, and then we go into the credits so we have no idea what's happening at that point um what did you guys think ah uh, of, of the cold open yeah uh, it was interesting was there one in the first episode uh, oh, yes there was i think it was yeah. them in pop's shop pop shop oh, okay yeah. I like the way that the kid says, I'm not going to axe you again. Yeah, I'm not going to axe you again. <laughs> I wrote that as well. <laughs> I like I like how um, how Luke Cage and Mariah, it's Mariah, right? Mm-hmm. They both hate they both hate the N word. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I hate it, too. Like, I don't like I hate when people casually throw it around like black people, like in TV shows or whatever. They just casually call each other that. I'm like, just let's not. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Or, or Quentin Tarantino does. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just we don't need that word anymore. Because I think I think um, you also had in the first episode uh, Shamik say it as well. I yeah. think in Pops when he was having when he was in there. Um, but yeah, yeah I I agree. Yeah, I totally. Does that, agree. Does that warrant swear jar? Yeah, I was gonna say that. <laughs> I would have thought so, seeing as like. Like later on, where Pop says trim, yeah, I mean, yeah, I was like, oh, wow, well beyond swears, that warrants the swear joke. I'm glad that it ended up being a different day, like, because I was very confused. I was like, he seems really upset. Why is he so upset? He like just beat up a bunch of people (laughs) and like helped somebody out. Like, I don't understand why he's so upset. So it made sense after watching the episode why he was not a happy camper. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Maybe he was listening to some music he was really not enjoying. He's just like, oh. Oh, that was the other thing. I really like that touch of him having his earbuds in, like, with the hood over. Mm-hmm. That he, like, had to point to his earbuds, like, take his hood off, take his earbuds out. Uh, mm-hmm. yes. I love that. Oh, actually, Tammy, after what we were sort of discussing last week, I saw an interview with Mike Coulter, um... Uh, it's quite a sweet interview actually because he talks about becoming a dad as well because uh, him and his wife have got a little a little girl now. But he mentions about the hoodie kind of being the uniform, but he does mention um, obviously the the fact that it's is sort of a reference as well to like Trayvon Martin um, and the Million Hoodies movement and that kind of thing, which I thought was cool because obviously we mentioned that briefly yeah. last week. Um, but yeah, it's quite an interesting little interview. So I'll try and heard, send you a link heard, to that. I heard a podcast today where they were talking about that, uh, Luke Cage actually, and they were talking about the, uh, him wearing the hoodie and stuff. And, uh, mm-hmm. they were saying that they, uh, the first six episodes, like it wasn't really spoilery, but they said that the, they had heard that Luke Cage was supposed to be like this, like show representing Black Lives Matter. And they said that the first six episodes really didn't do them do that for them. So mm-hmm. they so they were like kind of gave up on the show. But then they were like, okay, I should watch the rest of it. And they said the rest of it actually kind of lived up to that more so. Okay. 
Yeah. It's, it's, there was, um, now, I can't verify that, obviously. <laughs> yeah. that's, like, that's the only reason they watch the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This yeah. guy's like a writer. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> I can't remember the book that he wrote, uh, The Invisible Man, I think it was called. Oh, oh okay, yeah. It's yeah. on the New York Times best letter, yeah. best seller list, I guess, right now. So. <laughs> but it yeah, was a, um, um, a, a post like a few days, uh, about a week ago as well. I watched a video where they were commenting on it, and it was a... Um, a, a writer who was like, she was a conservative writer, um, this woman, she's African-American, and she was saying that she, I don't think she'd actually seen the show, she'd only seen the trailer, so I mean, that tells you something, but she said that she uh, thought it was a, um, wouldn't watch the show because it, Luke Cage was a, um, was not a superhero, he was a super thug, and was a bad, um, uh, kind of role model for kids and stuff and it's like i don't yeah i don't understand it because it's of the truth <laughs> yeah exactly it's very weird and she said oh because he's you know um taking on uh, uh taking on like uh, white crime or something like this and i was like but he's what? not like he's fighting crime in the neighborhood which is black yeah. crime you know it's very weird I don't know. It was a very weird article, and um, the guy was talking about it, and he was just like, uh, this makes no sense, woman. It just sounds um, like this person didn't watch the show. <laughs> yeah. 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 Very yeah. strange. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's also been, like, people complaining about the show, saying it's racist, because there's not enough white people. It's like, <laughs> I, I don't yeah. understand. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's really my big problem. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's only the weenie detective. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I got some stuff to say about him. Later. The weenie <laughs> detective. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really different. Like when you think about it, like this is how this is the opposite of how a show usually is. It's usually yeah. like an all all white cast, and you get the one token black character, and like and they're just a minor role. And like this is the complete opposite opposite of that. And it's very refreshing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and it's oh, it's. Just so dumb. People saying, "Oh, it's racist." It's like, no, it's it's really not. Just just go away. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in the next scene, uh, we have a character that we knew as Coffee, Detective Coffee. But I can now <laughs> confirm, guys. I know you're going to be surprised. That's Misty Knight, guys. Mercedes. Mercedes Knight. Are you are you Is surprised? Really? That's short for Mercedes. I don't think That's, it is in the comic. I think in the comic she's just Misty, but I might be wrong. No, but, she, yeah. she's she's Mercedes. Oh, is she? Oh, but I don't know if in real life if Misty is short for Mercedes or if that's just her. Yeah. What else could you shorten Mercedes to? I don't know. Mercy? Mercy? Merce. Merce. Mercedes. <laughs> Mercedes. Merce. I don't know. Um, but yeah, were you were you happy to have this confirmed, Matt, that this, or even like last week, to see Misty Knight on screen? Because obviously you are a fan of Misty Knight and Colleen Wing, the Daughters of the Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was. Uh, I already knew that was Misty Knight, but yes, I was very excited. <laughs> were you upset that she didn't have a robot arm? Yes, and I'm upset that I'm positive she will not get ever get a robo robo arm. A robo arm. <laughs> <laughs> she did it. She did uh, uh, showcase some of her uh, superhero talents though in that scene. She's got some. She, no, she's got some Will Graham powers going on. Exactly. Oh, yeah. I put in my notes. She's channeling Will Graham by watching the gunfight last said, week. This is my design. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I wanted the little thing from Hannibal to happen where it's like the little the swipe go past her eyes and it's like and we go back in time. I've never figured out what that thing was. It's like his his windscreen wiper of time travel. Yeah. Um, and yeah, she's looking at the photos on the wall. Also, she's totally holding the coffee cup that I have. So I'm always very excited when I see one of those yeah. coffee cups, the Athora ones. Uh, show up mm. in the show because I'm like, yeah, I have one of those. Um, <laughs> and Scarf is kind of saying to her, oh, you know, you you and your wacky ways of working things out. Um, and she's saying that she actually thinks Chico is less violent than they think at that time. And Scarf calls her Horton, which I'm assuming is Horton. Here's a who because I can't think of any yeah. other Horton. That, that was, I was going to say that's that's one of my lines because he he, oh, tells, sorry. he kind of quotes. A little bit of Seuss, or kind of oh, does makes it very Seuss-like. Yeah, that was an odd time to have that line, though, because we still hadn't heard her name when he said that line. <laughs> yeah, so you're like, true. oh, her name's Detective Horton. Oh, okay, her de- yeah, Detective Horton. Wait, what a second, Misty Knight. I thought she was Horton. <laughs> Coffee Horton. <laughs> well, that's her name, Coffee Horton. Oh my god. Horton. <laughs> 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 That's why she changed it to Misty Knight because it sounds more badass. Well, I'm not going to disparage Tim Horton's coffee, but they have the best coffee ever in this series with the swear jar, which is Cafe Bustello. Oh. Uh-huh. Which is a Cafe Bustello can, which is my coffee I drink every day. It's very cheap. Oh. Very <laughs> I'm going to turn my can into a swear jar at work. Do it. Oh, it'd be so good. <laughs> See, I drink coffee so rarely. My coffee of choice is the David Lynch signature uh, blend because I can be that decadent and have that blend, which is quite expensive. But because I drink coffee like once a year, so it's an occasion. (laughs) Um, So in the next scene, we're inside Pops and uh, he and Luke are discussing poetry and various writers. Um, So we get that Luke is quite well read. Um, they talk about Donald Goines, who invented Kenyatta, and I had to look that up because I was like, what? <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, I was going to look that up, and I didn't. I forgot. I, I did your work for you because I'm so yes. nice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Kenyatta was a series of books. There were four books, I think, in the series. He was a character just known as Kenyatta who led a group of militant blacks similar to the Black Panthers. That's <laughs> what I got off Wikipedia. Uh, well, so, what I find interesting is he Luke talks about Donald Goines and he mm-hmm. uh, died. Nobody knows exactly why him and his partner died, his oh, common-law wow. wife, whatever. Um, he was a drug addict, and his sister even says, like, some of the books he wrote, he wrote in a month. And wow. so I guess, like, he <laughs> he was, uh, I think, a heroin addict. And it his sister, like, came out later and said something like, he wrote books so fast because it kept him busy and not doing bad things like mm. you know being a thief or anything like that so um because he was in prison for a while but people just assume he was shot and murdered because he had drug debts so oh. that's why luke was saying you know that he he wrote about it. he didn't just write about it that that's the way he lived and died mm-hmm. and that was sad but what was funny is when you were mentioning that lady earlier talking about you know this whole thing about luke being this um 
Super thug. Not watching Luke Cage because he's a super thug and like all what I thought of him talking about Donald Goins and I'm like, oh, that's why Luke didn't like Donald Goins writing. Yeah. <laughs> because he was this thug who was writing about being a thug. Yeah. It just, it just shows that a woman clearly didn't watch any no. of the show. I mean, no. even past this scene, which is like yeah. the first scene pretty much of episode two. Oh, yeah. that's insane. So Pop is encouraging Luke to use his abilities to help the neighbourhood. Uh, and then we kind of get Luke confirm that he took out those guys at Genghis Connie's, presumably the <laughs> night before. <laughs> Which I like, that moment was in the trailer. Um, and then they are talking about the Harlem um, Renaissance. And obviously Pop is a bit wary about talking in front of Bobby Fish and the other guy playing chess. When was it you guys realised that that was Turk? I noticed it right away, but I just yeah. reckon the actor is, to me, very, like, he looks very distinct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, for some reason in the previous series, I had trouble recognizing him, but now I finally got his face. <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited that he showed up because I was watching this scene and I was just like, hang on, hang on a sec. Is that Turk playing chess? What the hell? Because <laughs> like, he just sort of, sort of pops up and they don't really make a big fanfare of it and he's there for a while before he even speaks. And, oh, I love it. It's great. Um, Turk, actually, I do think is my favourite character in the Marvel Netflix shows. <laughs> I love him so much. Um, we get some more backstory as well on uh, Mariah and Cottonmouth because um, we learn that they are cousins and their grandma was Mama Mabel. Um, which I love her name so much, Mama Mabel. Um, and we find out that the pops at barbershop is like Switzerland; it's neutral territory. Um, and then the music turns into the music from Kill Bill because it sounds like you know the it kind of just sounds exactly like that. And it happens later as well. And I was expecting it to like zoom in on Luke's eyes, like narrowing as a. Shades and Cottonmouth enter. It has a very 70s feel. Yeah. yeah. The soundtrack is awesome. It's, um, I think I mentioned before, it's it's being, it's been released on iTunes. I have it. Um, it's, it's so good. Oh, the soundtrack is amazing. Like, just the score um, is, oh, it's, I, I love it so much. But they've also released it, um, Mondo has released it on a double yellow vinyl, and it's like the prettiest thing oh, I've wow. ever seen. And I'm already getting a Mondo vinyl for Christmas of um, the Twin Peaks soundtrack, but I am like, oh, maybe I could have another vinyl, maybe. But it's, it's so nice. Um, well, that was one. You had, what, uh, Raphael Sadiq was mm-hmm. uh, on stage, and D-Nice, and D-Nice pops up again mm-hmm. on the turntables, and then... Uh, Biggie Smalls' ex-wife is on yeah. stage this episode. I oh, is that his, Oh, I didn't Faith know. Evans. Faith Evans. I didn't know that was Biggie's wife. Yeah, she was, like, married to him for, like, three years. Like, yeah, like, five minutes. But, you know, <laughs> hey, look, he wasn't alive that long. That's, like, uh, you know, an eighth of his life. <laughs> <laughs> and we obviously know that they wanted to get Prince in the show as well. Um, so, yeah, there's... Because I went down a Faith Evans hole this week. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> 45 minutes of Faith Evans music videos. Last week you went down a Raphael Sadiq hole, so, you know, it's fine. (laughs) He's got some great stuff. Yeah. We put that uh, video that Tammy mentioned in last week's episode (laughs) on the Facebook page, and it is amazing. The most 90s thing I've ever seen. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. 
His last record I really love, actually. I really love the one he did in last week's episode, which was Angel. But I don't think that's actually been released yet. I haven't found it. It's not on the soundtrack, which is a shame. Um, but I really want to get like a, a like a full version of that because it's I love that song. Um, yeah, so Cottonmouth has arrived for a shave. Um, and Luke is sweeping and listening in the background, and we notice the cuts on Cottonmouth's knuckles. He's skulking around, but how could anyone not notice him? It looks like he doesn't <laughs> want to be seen, but... I yeah, mean, he's like 20 he's foot tall. <laughs> yeah, and he's like acting shifty. He's like, <laughs> yeah, just looking through the side of his eyes and stuff. And <laughs> slowly. Maybe Shades is so used to Shades acting shifty, because that's all Shades does, is that he doesn't really notice when other people act shifty. <laughs> Yeah, he better, he better do something cool pretty soon. Otherwise, I'm gonna like, I don't know. <laughs> He's just not very impressive. What are you gonna do, do? Shades? I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna dislike him more <laughs> than I. <laughs> do you like the way he does his lines though? Where he's kind of like, I I said that we should have waited <laughs> like this, like all of his yeah, lines. Like, <laughs> I, I like the actor. I just I'm I'm confused by the character and why he's the big deal. <laughs> mm, okay. Because yeah. he's got shades. What shades? <laughs> and he's got bling. That's all you need. Exactly. Well, that's what life ain't nothing but bling and shades. I don't know. Uh, or something. By the way, that comment about Jamaicans, is that a thing like that I'm supposed to know about? I have the Jam- no idea. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was big. Like, yeah, in the 90s, yeah. Jamaicans. <laughs> I was going to say, that's so like, cute. Really? Like, I, I had no idea. I was like, doesn't everybody work on <laughs> I don't know. No, it was like, like Jamaicans had, like, five jobs. And, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Oh, racist America. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was actually, wasn't it a skit on uh, In Living Color? Probably. That, I, I mean, I don't remember off the top of my head, but yeah, probably. I, th- I think it was on, from In Living Color it, gener- it originated. Huh. I like that we get um, Cottonmouth say that he cut his hands shaving. And I wrote in my notes, what are you, a werewolf? <laughs> 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 Unless you're a werewolf, that's not an excuse. I just like to imagine that's how he did it. Uh, <laughs> this is where we see Turk as well, and we get banter between Turk and Bobby Fish, and I drew like six hearts in my notes because I, I love I love Turk so much. <laughs> He's just so grumpy. <laughs> and this is when we get like the Bobby Fisher joke or whatever. Yeah, we knew that was coming. <laughs> yeah. uh, Luke offers to throw them out, but Pop's like, nah, it's fine. Um, and then Luke's like, oh, you're not. Uh, Al Pacino, so you have to pay, basically. <laughs> I was like, good for you, Luke. Get those 25 bucks. Uh, and this is when we find out about the par- parley as well, don't we? I thought it was par- parlay was that word, parley. but they say parley. I don't know. I assume it's from the French word to speak. Parley. <laughs> parley. Parley. I've only ever heard it in the Pirates of the Caribbean movie, right. so... <laughs> Because <laughs> it's what the, the they were always on about the pirates like oh we need to do a parlay. And I was like okay. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> uh, and we find out as well that um, Pop knew Reva when she was very young, um, mm. but he hadn't seen her like since she was five I think he said. And then she suddenly reappeared with like Luke as her husband and and then after she died Luke went back there. So we sort of get that there's a history here which is is quite cool. I love I Pop. Like, uh- I like how uh, Luke Cage uses the uh, he's the line I can take out the towels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, do it. Yeah, it's like you're not I being have... subtle. 
when I saw it, like, when Tone was there and he was just like, well, you know, if you see him, let us know. And I was just like, oh. And so when he died later, I was like, thank God, I fucking hate that guy. (laughs) (laughs) I kept getting freaked out by him because he looked exactly like a friend of mine, except like a black version of him. (laughs) I was like, ah, it's black Adrian. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's saying a lot, you know, about his acting, because I don't think I'm supposed to like him. And I didn't. At all. <laughs> he's very like over animated in this episode. Like later on, he's really because before he's kind of like a like a goon, but he's really like over the top in this episode. Well, not over the top, but you know, like uh, being really passionate later when sort of arguing his case to Cottonmouth. And I I was like, well, we've only really seen him be like the silent kind of goon before, but then he was sort of um, bothering like Candice, wasn't he? Last in last week's episode, you know, when she went up to give him their drinks. Yeah, and I can't remember. I thought maybe last week he did something too. Not not overly animated, but he definitely like I wasn't surprised with him trying to assert himself. And I yeah. think that's what made him so animated this episode is because he finally did it and he mm-hmm. thought he did this amazing thing. So it made, to me it made sense that he was that like that over the top, but um it just made him more annoying to me. I was like, "Oh, I hate him." Uh. <laughs> Poor Tone. He's gone the way of Tony Tony Tony. <laughs> Um, In the next scene, this is where Misty is showing off her basketball skills uh, because they're playing basketball and she takes on Chauncey, which I love his name, Chauncey. I want a cat called Chauncey. Oh, Chauncey the cat. Um, You just added to your collection. I've got a collection of many, many uh, cats in my imagination that I haven't got yet, but one day I will. Including Talbot and Larold and Smite and Smoke. <laughs> um, so yeah, we get confirmation this is Misty Knight and she is one of the playground legends of Saint Nick's, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I, I love, I love her. Yeah, yeah. I think she's, um, I think she's, she's great. There was, a, I saw a complaint as well about the series that she was just like the kind of. Um, the act, the character was like a just the rat, the um, token kind of bit of stuff for Luke Cage, and I'm like, she's so not. She's obviously got her own stuff going on, like even in this episode. But you know, she's somebody you know met Mike Coulter and or met Luke Cage and was like, yeah, I'll, you know, I'm not going to say no. And would any of us say no? Come on. Yeah, I was going to say like, yeah, who's no. saying no? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know man nor woman who's saying no. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So Luke um, goes through the neighborhood asking about Chico for Pops, and um, we, this is where we get the same Kill Bill music going on. And they they had Halloween decorations in a window, and I was like, oh, that's quite cool. Um, I don't know if they put it there, but I was like, that kind of makes it feel like this is all happening right now in Harlem. <laughs> it's a documentary. Um, and this is where he sees Cottonmouth and Shades and Tone arrive at Mariah's. Uh, and they do what I would love someone to do for me right now and dump a load of money on my desk because that'd be nice. <laughs> She's how still she... happy. No, yeah. and like I was like, how did she count it so fast that she knew it wasn't enough? How did yeah, she go? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, all, yeah, all American bills look the same. Like you know, I'm just saying, our bills are all different colors. American bills, they all look the same, guys. Like that could be a fifty or it could be a one. You don't know. She can only maybe she can only count money when it's in piles. <laughs> it's a skill. Yeah, she's like, I can't tell. Mess it up a little. <laughs> it's like it's like in films where someone has like a um, like a briefcase of money, and they open it, 
and they must there'll be something like oh there must be at least 10 grand in here i'm like how do you know i'd have no clue i'd be like i don't know there's more than ten dollars i've no idea um i love the moment where luke finds chico and he kicks the door across the room like uh because whenever that happens it makes me happy because there's my favorite moment in black dynamite as well I like the paintings in the on the wall. They're kind of ridiculous. <laughs> the one of the turkey. I was like, why is there a picture of a turkey? <laughs> what kind of a like? Is that an apartment or a hotel? I couldn't tell. I think it's a hotel. Like I was like, what kind of a weird hotel has a painting of a turkey on its wall? <laughs> if it's around Halloween, it's like the you know, it's like a Thanksgiving reference. They're like, Happy Thanksgiving. You're like, okay. <laughs> I know, it's very weird. I can't remember what the other one was of. It was of some, like, weird animal as well. Something. Yeah. Um, Chico refuses to leave, obviously, and we find out that Pop knew Chico's dad. And we find out more about that in the next scene when Pop and Turk... Pop and... Pop and Turk. Pop and... (laughs) (laughs) Pop and Turk. Pop and Turk. Pop and Turk. Uh, That sounds like like some kind of instant, like, turkey dinner. Like, you know, you just pop it in the microwave. Pop and Turk. I thought you said pop and tuck, which sounds like a dance. <laughs> you need to invent that dance, Matt, and post it on Facebook, please. <laughs> it's yeah. a pop and lock. But this is Isn't the pop and tuck kind of the dance that Buffalo Bill does in Science of the Lambs? <laughs> I don't know. There's tucking going on. It's kind of... That exists. So, guys, what did you think of the flashbacks of young pop? It was very... Uh... Uh, do the right thing. Yeah, that's what I thought as well. Yeah, yeah. I think this this kid they got to play young pop really looks like Frankie Face. <laughs> like when it goes from like his face to to old pop, I was like, they look like they could be the same person. It reminded me of the Get Down only because I watched it recently. <laughs> oh, I love the Get Down so much. The casting was very good. Yes. Yeah. Um, I love Young Cottonmouth. He just looks like this like nerd, but. <laughs> on the street. I don't know. That little green sweater thing he was wearing. I was like, what's happening? He's wearing a green sweater because he's named after a snake, Tammy. I don't think I caught that that was cotton. No, me neither. All all I knew was it was Pops and Chico's dad and some other guy. I didn't catch it the first time I watched the episode. It was only later on in the episode when they were talking about it. I was like, oh, but like watching the scene, I didn't catch it either. Um, because I know they had a reference to Cottonmouth because they say he lost three teeth and that's how he got the name. But then I figured he wasn't the kid in the little gang. Um, mm. Yeah, so it kind of went over my head as well. <laughs> uh, but finding out that Pop is called Pop because of Snap, Crackle and Pop of his fists, I was like, ugh. Yeah, that was... <laughs> I was surprised that was why. <laughs> They're the less cuddly serial mascots. <laughs> so Pop and Luke are discussing, obviously about what's happening and this is when we find out that Pop went to jail Pop calls Luke Shawshank which is quite <laughs> yeah. cool uh, and then Chico arrives back and he and Pop kind of argue and then hug and cry and I was like it's not it's not dusty in here I've just got a tear in my eye <laughs> Pop, Pop is a crier he cries a lot in this episode <laughs> he does at the drop of a hat mm-hmm. you mentioned like no. like Al Pacino to him and he'll start crying. Or basketball. It's because he knows he's about to die, so he's really emotional. <laughs> he's getting all those tears out. Oh, <laughs> did you think at this point when like everything like was going on with Pop, did you think, oh, 
the Joss Whedon rule of thumb tells me you're going to die. No, I didn't expect that at all. I thought he would possibly die later in the series, but not this soon in the second yeah. episode. I'm That was surprising, but I'm also wondering, where is Luke going to hang out now? Because <laughs> like, we've been spending <laughs> a lot of time here. Yeah. Like, what's the other sets that they have besides the club? He's going to become a barber. <laughs> One of the things I'd heard before the show came out was they were saying, when you've got like a hero who is invulnerable, basically, how do you hurt him as a character? Because um, you can't hurt him physically, so the way you obviously hurt him is emotionally. And that made me kind of go, oh, are they going to, you know, kill people close to him? Um, so I did think that Pop was possibly going to die, but yeah, not just halfway through the second episode. <laughs> yeah, or you drown him. I expect Ooh. some drown- drowning action at some point. You've been thinking a lot about how you would kill Luke Cage, Matt. <laughs> oh, I've just seen. I've seen Unbreakable. <laughs> oh yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. Mm. That's funny because that actually does come up as a re- not Unbreakable, but they do say about drowning, which mm. is true. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't have impenetrable lungs. Mm. I don't think. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Testing um, that theory out. Okay. <laughs> I have no idea. Hey, Luke, um, can you try to yourself. Next time, next time he's shirtless, yeah. we should look for gills. Yeah. <laughs> Just, like, really, like, scrutinize his body. Guys. Why does it have to be shirtless? Are they on his pecs or something? Yeah. Or I like Mel's, like, they can't possibly be behind his ears, you know, like Kevin Costner and yeah. They're obviously on his naked body. <laughs> You're like, I can't see them. Are you just going to have to take off your trousers as well, I'm afraid? <laughs> oh, he had little gills on his butt. Oh, cool. <laughs> Place. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this moment as well where Turk has seen Chico, that's when I wrote in my notes, oh shit! Because yeah, yeah, you're like, Turk's not gonna, you know, not use that information, is he? Yeah, it was like right away, I was like, oh, well, Turk's gonna turn him over. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Misty and scarf arrive at pops and then misty bumps into turk by the way turk has no limp um remember he almost got his foot chopped off yeah. <laughs> so because of that because he has no limp in this scene there was some people on uh, again on reddit this was i was alerted to this no was it reddit or no, it was on tumblr i was alerted to this by rebecca and we actually sent this information <laughs> to rob morgan who plays turk and it made him very happy some people were saying that he is possibly the big bad of the defenders because they're like, how how else would he uh, recover from having his foot almost uh, uh, ripped off? He obviously has some kind of healing powers. He's totally in with that hand ninja dark magic shit and all this kind of thing. And they're like, he's actually the big bad. And, um, and then someone re- there was this discussion and someone replied, who the hell is Turk? Because <laughs> I had no idea who this character was. And apparently that really amused Rob Morgan. He thought it was hilarious. <laughs> We keep sending him all the stuff about all the love for Turk, and it, he says it makes his day every time he goes on Twitter. Um, we love you, Rob Morgan. Uh, so, um, so Misty and uh, Scarf enter Pops um, after Misty warns uh, Turk to obviously go back to Midtown. Um, I like their little interaction. I want to know more about, like, did she take him in a bunch of times? Like, mm-hmm. has she had to investigate him? Like, I want to know that story between the two of them. Yeah, and also because he's not usually in Harlem, he's usually yeah. in Midtown. Yeah. 
But doesn't he say, like, I'm usually in Midtown these days or something? Yeah. So, so he must have come from Ireland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I'm also wondering why Scarf is so uh, he's so grumpy in this scene. Like, he he's... He's fr- not comfortable or something? I guess. He's friendly to Misty, but, yeah, when he has to go out amongst the, the neighborhood, I guess he gets standoffish. Like, he didn't want to shake their hands or whatever. And stuff. Yeah. I was like, how dare you not shake Pop's hand? I was very angry. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if it was like a good cop, bad cop thing. I, I've got notes on his scene later, too, because uh-huh. either he's he's a bad guy in this show or he's a fucking idiot. Like, really, <laughs> like, you know, and it really could go either way because he seems to not get a clue of what's happening at mm-hmm. all. And like, besides the fact that Misty's solving everything, I think it made it seem like he's kind of. Like they're partners, but he's almost superior to her. Oh no! Well, I think he's the he's the older partner, isn't he? So okay, he's yeah, probably yeah, like he's trained been her out longer. So yeah, yeah, he's probably trained her. He's just probably got you know whatever. And I'm just like, he just seems like an idiot. How did he make it this far? Mm. Or or he's playing stupid. Like one of the two. <laughs> so I don't know. If that's the case, then it's a storyline that's very similar to Fargo. Oh, I love Fargo. Oh. And like, you know, the woman cop, she's like, she's obviously better than the guys, mm-hmm. but they don't yeah. give her that respect. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. We have that tension as well between Misty and Luke, obviously. And oh, how many times in this scene, like whether it's Turk or Luke or whoever, calls Misty detective? Yes. <laughs> uh, we get another it, coffee it, reference as well. It definitely seems like Misty is way more uncomfortable about the situation than Luke is. Yeah, well, she's the one who lied. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know. Well, which is odd, considering um, he's uh, hasn't had a lot of action recently. Yeah. He, would, he would be the one more shy about it, considering Aww. his current position in life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. Well, uh, did you guys see that in the uh, Luke Cage bingo, one of them on there is Luke has sex with Claire. Maybe he's going to have some action later on in this series. Give him all the action. I'm good. <laughs> she wants to see those gills. So are you are you okay sure what? I mean, obviously something's going on. Uh so Pop has sent Luke to go and talk to Cottonmouth, so Luke arrives at Harlem Paradise. Um and then Tone gets a text saying they know where Chico is. I want to ask you guys, what do you think of when you have this in things? You know, obviously now texting is so fast. Um, it seems to appear like more and more in, in films and TV shows where you have like the text on screen. And this reminded me of Sherlock, which would yeah. make sense because like the guy who directed this episode directed Sherlock as well. But oh, okay. like there seems to be some ways in which it's done well and some ways where I don't feel like it fits in. And I don't really feel like it fitted in here. I don't know why. I... I agree at the start. However, when he texts and it had to autocorrect his word, mm-hmm. oh yeah, true. I, I yeah. was like, amazing. That's <laughs> there. There were like things that were throughout the episode that are just like these small touches that kind of t- took something that could have been bad or been very normal or whatever, mm-hmm. and like took it up a notch and I thought that that's what this did because I do think that it did look out of place mm-hmm. but just watching it autocorrect and change his word around or whatever I thought was fun what was the first show to do that was it uh, 
House of Cards, basically. That's the first one I saw it in. Yeah. Well, doing autocorrect or, or like text no, showing the phone on the screen, like they did it in Sherlock all the time. Like it was yeah, always in Sherlock. Sherlock. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's where I first saw it. Oh. Um, there, was, there was one. The only time I've seen it in a film with like Twitter, so something else where I thought it worked really well was in the movie Chef. Have you guys seen that film? No. The John Favreau film. He did it after. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, because it's all about like tweeting is a big a big mm-hmm. part of it. But when they um, they do a tweet, it appears on the screen, um, and then it when they press send, there's like a little bird and goes like this. Yeah. And yeah. It, it, just the way they do it, it it just works really well. It feels like um, like very much a part of the film. I thought it was really clever the way they incorporated it into the film, so it didn't feel you know weird like some kind of odd special effect, you know. Um, but it's obviously something we're going to see more and more because of, you know, with technology and stuff. Um, so when Luke is in the club talking to uh, Cottonmouth, um, I have a question. Is Shade smelling Luke? Because it really looks like he is at one point. <laughs> He's kind of like, I was like, are you smelling Luke? This is kind of weird. <laughs> like, that's like some Daredevil stuff there. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and this is when Cottonmouth tells Tone to let it go till the morning. And then we get Faith Evans singing. Go, Tammy. I'm sure you have stuff about Faith Evans. Oh, uh, okay, so yes. You're our music okay. trivia person, by the way, officially oh. now, so. So, yeah, she was married to Biggie Smalls. Big deal. Um, <laughs> and she um, was, well, she technically was separated from him when he died, but uh, she was she was actually already hooked up with somebody else, but she was still married to Biggie Smalls, so she's kind of known as his widow. And so I, I just like the fact that they have her on with, like... <laughs> this big old picture <laughs> of him in the background. Um, but yes, I can't, I got into a whole mesmerized was, came out in 2005. Um, but it's an amazing song. Mm-hmm. I looked at that. But now I thought she did a great, like it was a great version and I thought it fit well with her performing it there and using it as the background of the following scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, some of her other big stuff was the fact that after Biggie Smalls died, her and Puff Daddy made a, a song called I'll Be Missing You. Oh, uh, yeah. And and as part of my uh, <laughs> my watching of videos, I watched that and I was like, wow, I remember a lot of lyrics to this. Yeah. So, I think that um, it got to like number one in the UK, I think. Yeah. Like it was yeah. huge. It, I want to say it won an award or something. <laughs> like it was kind of crazy. Remember um, they performed with like Sting on the. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, God, it was so bad. Sting was so bad. Yeah. This thing is so bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, yeah, but, yeah. One of the first songs I heard from her uh, was like out in 95, and it was the song called Soon As I Get Home. And so when I was watching the video, I was like, yes, 90 slow jams. <laughs> <laughs> and um, she has a really fun song from uh, 1998 called Love Like This, and it's a amazing song with a lot of uh, roller skating in it. So there you go. Oh, so if you want a video sold. this week, uh, Love Like This, it's a roller skating video. So there you go. <laughs> and that I'm was sold. also a really good song. And like supposedly that this, the album Mesmerize came out on was like one of her, I guess, biggest seller albums or whatever. But um, I, I don't know. Maybe I just didn't listen to her as much. I only knew a couple of the songs, whereas I knew a lot of the songs from her early 90s, from like the <laughs> 1995 album and the 1998 album, so 
but yes, uh, about like basically the second time I watched the show, I started looking, at, you know, notes or whatever for music, mm-hmm. and I was, I was like, oh, let me watch a Faith Evans video and see if I remember the song. And then literally 30 to 45 minutes of my life just went away. It's the danger of YouTube. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm always going down YouTube like holes because I, I have like so many subscriptions to channels and then it will be like, you might like this video. I'm like, oh, I might. Yes. Super dangerous. Oh. So yeah, now I'm like, I wonder if this is going to be every week or just for the opening of the series. They like had some bigger names. I don't know. It'll be interesting. Hmm. So anyway, that's, that's your Faith Evans. Uh, well, thank you. I, I, I had no idea that she sang Missing You, but that obviously makes sense. Um, so I've learned new stuff, and I will be posting the video of that other song on the uh, Facebook page as the video so, of the week. So how we already talked about how we don't know if Luke Cage is going to be at Pops anymore. Is he even going to be at that club anymore either? Oh, God. Yeah. Well, they're going to... At least they're still going to have to have it as a set because Cottonmouth and Mariah are there. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. We also had it confirmed on Facebook, uh, on Twitter. By the way, I had a conversation that the club is a set because I posted an article that I found that said that it was a actual club they filmed in. They just changed it, but the um, production designer um, said on Twitter he was like, "No, no, no, that was a set that we built." And I was like, "That's even more impressive then because it's beautiful." So <laughs> yeah, really cool. Yeah. I would think that if we're going to see him in the club again, and I would guess we are, it would be in him kind of somehow taking down Cottonmouth or some kind of fight with Cottonmouth or something. Because mm-hmm. it wouldn't make sense for him to just hang out there now that he quit. <laughs> Unless he's just, you know, hanging out there to drink or something. Yeah, having some blue Hawaiians. Maybe he'll still start <laughs> dancing. Mm-hmm. He'll do the, uh, what was it, the Poppin' Turk? What was that dance move? Poppin' Turk. <laughs> the Poppin' Turk. Um, so Turk meets up with Shades and Tone Uh, it's kind of grumpy that they haven't got (laughs) money for him oh I love Turk Uh, and Lonnie and his mum are back at Pops because um, is her name Stella I think it was she wants to take Luke out so she's brought Lonnie for another haircut where he clearly doesn't need one because he had his haircut what, the day before? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we have the conversation as well during this between Mariah and Cottonmouth. I thought it was interesting that she says that she wants respect instead of money and power, where Cottonmouth wants, he says you get respect through having money, or money lasts longer than respect. Who's right, guys? Uh, I mean, if I don't have money, I guess I'll take respect, but... (laughs) (laughs) What Tammy's basically saying is she needs dollar, dollar, dollar is what she needs. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's all about the Benjamins. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what that meant, by the way. I didn't know what that meant. You know that song by Puff Daddy, All About the Benjamins? I was like... I always thought he was singing his family called the Benjamins. I was like, I don't know who these people are, but I, I'm assuming they're very important. And oh, his, that had to explain to me that it was money. I had no idea. His favorite, like, people called Ben, so he's singing about, like, Ben Affleck and Ben, I don't know, Ben 10. Yeah, I didn't know what OG was. I don't, I'm not up on this lingo. Oh, well, well I mean... 
to be fair, you also you also misheard uh, the song Patio Lanterns before, when you were a kid. Oh, yes. I thought he was singing about a lady called Patty O'Lantern. <laughs> <laughs> like, like an Irish lady. <laughs> Patty O'Lantern. Now, can I just say, I love you. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, we need Mel re- like reveals every week. What else did you, did you just learn about Mel? <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's like so endearing i love it so i love it so much yeah you're not you're not stupid you're just no. innocent. you're innocent mel I'm, yeah I'm <laughs> you're brand new you're brand new so if you were like a, a canadian rapper matt and mel if you were rapping about money what would you call money instead of benjamin's like who's on your money would it all about the Laurier. All about the Laurier. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds super fancy to say that. <laughs> the Laurier. No, five. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember. There's a different person on each bill. I can't remember yeah. all of them. The Queen's on one of them. <laughs> Yay. Yay, Liz. All about it. <laughs> oh, dear. Apparently, the Queen is a fan of the movie Flash Gordon. Because the other day she knighted Brian Blessed and uh, he was saying that when he met her before, she asked him to say his his immortal line, Gordon's alive to her grandchildren and he did. <laughs> so I like to imagine the Queen wearing, like, uh, watching Flash Gordon. <laughs> it's kind of adorable. Um, so this is where we obviously know something's going to happen because Tone appears and he's got the two biggest guns ever. I don't know what they are. I have no gun trivia. Um, and starts shooting into the, the shop and Luke immediately protects Lonnie. Um, but Chico and Pop are shot. Like, Pop is shot through the neck. I'm like, oh, oh it's so horrible because you're just going to bleed out. It's like, oh. even our beloved swear jar is shot. <laughs> I thought I, I shouldn't have laughed, but I kind of did when you saw that being shot in slow motion. It was like, oh, not the swear job. <laughs> oh no, not sweary. Uh, and then Luke Luke uh, tells Lonnie to pretend to be dead. Yeah. Yeah. This is oh, it's awful. That poor kid as well. You know. You also knew something bad was going to happen because shades kept holding <laughs> tone. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, not to do it, or no, uh, wait till it comes out or something. Yeah, I didn't have. I don't. Should have waited. <laughs> yeah, he should. But like he said it like five times. I'm like, um, yeah. I feel like he's not gonna wait. <laughs> not yeah. gonna be good. <laughs> yeah. Um, they take the money and then they run away. And Luke cries and cradles Pop's body and Pop oh, makes him. Is, says his little mantra of always forward. I thought, but I don't know. Like Mike Coulter was really good in this scene when he was crying. I was like, oh no. What did you? Yeah. What did you guys think of his sad scene? Like it wasn't a conventional teary sad scene that you would see an actor do. Like no, it oh, felt it, it felt a bit more authentic. I don't know. Like there wasn't a clinching of the jaw and going no at the sky. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, he didn't. You know, raise his fist to the air. It was like, no. yeah, it wasn't. He is, he is really good at making things that happen in the show very natural. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I was, I was wondering if he's not able to do a classic like just sobbing, actor sobbing, <laughs> and he, or if he chose to go with a more like uh, frustrated no kind of a thing. It, whatever, 
whatever the reason he chose it, it worked. But yeah, yeah, it was yeah, and I felt really sad that Pop died because I loved him. He was great. Yeah, I was surprised he died so early. Yeah, actually. yeah. It's crazy. It's, it's crazy that they killed that character off right. I mean, it, it makes sense because that obviously pushes the storyline like mm-hmm. forward immediately, but it's still crazy. Do you, hear, do you hear our Supernatural? Just saying Supernatural, sometimes killing right. characters and keeping them dead is good for the story. <laughs> <laughs> well, and especially, like, as, as like, mellow and slow-paced I thought that first episode was. Yeah, like, yeah. This one, I was like, oh, okay, well, that's what we're doing now. All right. <laughs> yeah, it suddenly, like, kicks into gear. It's like, oh, okay. It's the kind of thing yeah. that you I, I would have almost imagined happening in... Uh, like episode three or four, where it's like everything goes up another notch. Do you know what I mean? Like, yep. I don't know. I, yeah, I wouldn't have thought it would be this early, but yeah, I think it it kind of needed to happen. Um, so Luke is just sitting, staring at the swear jar, and this is when Scarf and Misty arrive. We see all the bullet holes in Luke's shirt. <laughs> Oh, and it is like, oh, I shot the kid, and she's like, with what? And he's like, uh, I gotta go. <laughs> 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 um, Shades and Tone return to the club with the money, and they all head up to the roof. And Tone is like very excited, and it talks about uh, mentions Django Unchained because he said it was like Django Candyland shit or something like that. Someone called Quentin. Sorry if that's someone's quote. Um, yeah, he's like really excited, and um, yeah, Cottonmouth is is not happy once he discovers Pop is dead. Yeah, he, so I I love his reaction. I mean, besides mm. him killing Tone, I am very happy mm-hmm. about that. But his <laughs> reaction uh, later, where he, we see him actually crying, like that. Oh, I know, it's so so good. great, it's yeah. so yeah. great. It's over the photo of like the three of them. It's like oh, yeah, it's so good. Yeah. I like the way uh, it's shot when Tone is thrown off the roof because it's a single shot. It kind of like you see him standing at the top like Cottonmouth and then he throws him over and you follow or you see him land and then it pans back. So it must have had some like digital enhancement, but it's really great stunt work by the team. I mean, like the the stunt team anyway on these shows is always amazing, but um, it was really cool the way it was filmed. Um, like done as that that kind of like single take rather than cut it up a bit more. Um, I, and... I was kind of like Turk. Where the fuck did you come from? <laughs> where were you? He's the big bad. He's got he's got like uh, you know like powers. He he scaled the building <laughs> like Spider Man. <laughs> uh, it would be amazing if he had like powers. He was actually like the most powerful character. Like Thanos has nothing on Turk. <laughs> just takes Thanos out in the Infinity War film with one punch um, and he just happens to turn up at that point as well and like what is money and then he's like okay I'm gonna go <laughs> I love it <laughs> uh, so Cottonmouth has given Mariah the money um, so they, the money obviously she can now put back in the donations and no one will ever know uh, Misty and Scarf are drinking while Misty is puzzling over Luke's non-injuries uh, go, Tammy, because I'm assuming this is the scene you meant. With with which one? With Sorry. Scarf. Oh, yeah, okay. So between this and the last scene where he's um kind of, like, interviewing people in the, the uh, in Pop's barbershop, mm-hmm. like, it just doesn't seem like he's 
putting anything, any effort into it. He's just kind of like, well, we got nothing. We saw the huh. <laughs> and now there's nothing. Oh, well. And I'm like, what? what is wrong with you? It's just, it, it's so like, he's so blasé about everything. And then, mm-hmm. yes, he's rude to Pop, so maybe that's why I don't like him, too. But <laughs> he just, yeah, it, it just seems like he's not putting any effort forth. Or, again, he's just an idiot. <laughs> like, he's just, he's got to be one of the two. <laughs> and, maybe maybe and he's, he's just world-weary and cynical, Tammy. <sighs> no, no. And, like, even earlier when I thought, you know, because he didn't shake hands with Pop and he's just looking around, I was like, oh... Well, maybe he's, they're doing, like, a good cop, bad cop thing, and he's the dick cop. I don't know. But this at this point, I was like, I don't know. He just... It, I, like, I just don't I don't understand what they're doing with him. And I know it's just the second episode, but <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what's happening with this guy. So you don't think he's uh, literally, like, a bad cop, do you? Like a, like a dirty cop? I think he could be. I mean, because I think that would be smarter than them... I, you know, that would be a smarter play for them to do it that way versus him just being an idiot. Hmm. But he really could just be like an idiot. Like, and that's <laughs> why Misty take, you know, it could be that because and that's why Misty's like come up so fast because they needed her out there mm. figuring out the crimes. Cause like, he just doesn't seem to even help. So, cause I don't see him as sabotaging her, which is the only reason I you know, I would lean more toward idiot than dirty cop is because it doesn't seem like he's doing anything to hurt the investigation, but he's definitely not helping to the point where he's literally just like not doing anything at all. No. So it was, it's just, I cannot figure out what they're doing with him or what his character is supposed to be, or I, I don't know. Cause it just seems like everyone we've met so far has some sort of purpose and we kind of are seeing that already. Mm-hmm. And him, he's just kind of like, I don't know. He's just there, and I I don't get it, and it's crazy irritating to me. <laughs> he's just like, derpy, derpy, derp in the background. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, if you're not going to help, like, get out of the way. <laughs> Go somewhere else. Be someone else's partner, because she obviously doesn't need one, because she's doing all the work. Yeah, and she also has, like, crazy Will Graham, like, powers to work out stuff, so... Exactly, yeah, so she really doesn't need him. Like, she just doesn't. They could save money in the department by cutting him. (laughs) Just being (laughs) done. So Luke stares at the swear jar and then looks at the Harlem Renaissance leaflet, and this is when we see Cottonmouth crying over the photo of the three of them, and, yeah, I think that's such a great moment. Also, I love his portrayal of Cottonmouth. Um, I don't know, he's so, like, in the scene where he's, you know, getting his his uh, getting his shave earlier from Pop, I just think, I don't know, just the way he plays it as this very charming, dangerous character. I love, I love the actor's portrayal. I had um, actually some friends of mine said that they couldn't get into this show because they thought the acting was terrible across the board in terms of, like, the dialogue. But I think it's, the dialogue is very... Um, I don't know. It's it's like it's like a a, a a black exploitation film, you know. It's very heightened. Not as much as it is it would be in those, but it's um, there's definitely like a, a style they've chosen for the dialogue and the way some of it's being played is a bit larger than life. But I think the performances like so far are good. 
I have to say, though, now that I think of it, mm-hmm. that, that barbershop scene where Cottonmouth was getting his shave, that did not come across to me that they were old friends. Yeah. That's yeah, it did, I, I didn't think that either. It's um, It, it seems more that it was they knew of each other and, like, Pop yeah. knew of this guy Cottonmouth and was a bit, like, nervous of him. But, yeah, I, I didn't get that they felt like friends either. Yeah, I guess that's the only criticism that I would have acting-wise, maybe, of this episode would be that. Yeah, yeah and the only thing I, I would think that, you know, they didn't play as friends is just because, like, I guess from Pop's perspective, he's been, like, out of the game, so so to speak, like, for, I don't know, 20, 30 years or whatever he had said. Like, he's he's not tried to be as part of that anymore. And so they, they could have easily lost that friendship, and now they just have, like, some kind of... I don't want to say pop respects Cottonmouth, but some sort of like mutual respect like this. Like I'm okay with them having a history and not being friends, Mm -hmm. but, and even like, yeah, I like the scene with him crying, but I can see why it seems disingenuous Mm. as well. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I think that like, you're right. um, Mel, that that's, I think that's part of the reason as well that I didn't pick up on the fact that that was Cottonmouth in the gang, like yeah. the third one as well, and like the first time I watched this. Um, no, I think I think you're right with that. So then we're back at the first scene uh, of the episode. Um, I just want to apologise because they do uh, mention when the Brits raise their guns. I'm sorry, like you know, uh, us Brits, we've done a lot of horrible things <laughs> when we were like. <laughs> ruling the world or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and I apologise <laughs> um, <laughs> on behalf of my country. Um, yeah, this is a great scene. Um, this is one that a lot of people have like said, you know, like Mike Coulter really nails it, his anger and his frustration. Like when he grabs the, the gun and shoots himself in the stomach, it's just like, oh, what? You know? Yeah. And his speech is is great as well. Like... I don't know, it feels like he's kind of stepping, it's him stepping up and, you know, like at the end he kind of swears to Pop that he's going to move forward and it's kind of like, yeah, you know, it's one of those moments. Every time they say move forward, I always think of that Simpsons line, always twirling, twirling, twirling. twirling. <laughs> but uh, is this guy who stuck him up, does he work for the club or something? I couldn't tell. I, um, I assume he was one of the, I, they don't, I don't think they said, did they? But I, no. I figured he was just one of the guys looking out. That's what I figured, anyway. Yeah, that's what, yeah, I, figured. That's what I figured. Rather well, than right. just, like, some rando. I was going to say, I just thought it was some rando thug. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> I guess it could have been. I don't <laughs> I don't know. They don't really make it clear either way. I don't think he... I'm pretty sure he doesn't come back. He's probably, like, left Harlem by now. Yeah. <laughs> we across the other side of the country. He's, he's, yeah, yeah, he's run all the way to, to like, yeah down Manhattan through Brooklyn. He's just like, I'm just going to keep going to Florida. (laughs) (laughs) So that was the episode, two guys. I kind of felt like uh, when they were talking about that building, I was like, what is that building? Like, who is it named after? Like, am I supposed to know about this building? Should I have a map of New York to reference? Like, (laughs) (laughs) Always, Mel, always. I feel like, I really feel like I need like a reference manual, like a New York reference manual for the show. (laughs) <laughs> there's, there's a lot of like um, 
like stuff brought up in in this show in particular where I have to google it <laughs> like I mean yeah. um I had no idea who this guy was either like Christmas Attucks but it's kind of interesting like um you know with l- what Luke said about him and stuff but I'd never heard of the name before um but there's a lot of um uh when I spoke to Rob Morgan last when they were filming um Luke Cage he said that you know they uh, Chio, like the um, the showrunner, felt it was very important to really dig into the history of Harlem, um, and um, the, particularly the history of um, you know like the the African American population living in Harlem, and um, and sort of nails it spot on. Um, and he said that he was like that was one of the things that really impressed him about working on the show. Um, but that's not an area that I am that knowledgeable about, in, in, you know, in reality. Um, I'm about as, as white as they come. Um, so there's a lot of it that I have to, like, kind of look up and be like, what does that mean, you know? Um, but it does feel very authentic. Like, like we said, Harlem feels like a character, you know, and it feels like, I don't know, I, I get a real, I get a more of a sense of history in in Harlem in this show than I do of like Hell's Kitchen in Daredevil. Yeah, well, I think Harlem just has more history. Yeah. In general. Um, yeah. Than the Hell's Kitchen neighborhood, really. Well, you're the closest thing we have to a New Yorker here right now, uh, exactly. Michael. <laughs> you're our honorary New Yorker. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, just Harlem has this this history, you know, just that's this over, especially with the Harlem Renaissance and all that, mm-hmm. just this, you know, well known history, whereas Hell's Kitchen's kind of just gentrified uh, oh it's so gentrified now yeah 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 i mean it's just it went from like an industrial lower class area to you know every other like every other neighborhood in midtown clinton <laughs> as it's called yeah. we pretty much stayed in in like hell's i mean we were in like really near hell's kitchen when we stayed in new york and it's just like yeah it's just like any, everywhere else in midtown it's like walking through any other neighborhood yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It, it, i'm not uh, saying i want it to like be like it is in Daredevil with ninjas running around, but that would be cool. Yeah, no, nah, it's probably better <laughs> than it's in Daredevil. Although I did discover about that ninja restaurant in New York um, that I also want to go and eat in next time I go to New York. Because they have, like, ninjas running around in there for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> actually, like, run sneakily to give you your food? Like, I think so. I was like, I really want, yeah, I want to go there because, you know. It's probably a front for the Foot Clan. <laughs> really is. Uh, if, if Ninja Turtles has taught me anything. <laughs> Everything's Ninja Turtles a front. And <laughs> <laughs> um, so now, guys, it's time for quotes. I have so many for this episode. I basically got all of Turk's dialogue. It's ridiculous. Yeah, um, but Michael, couple- Michael, you can go first. Oh, Matt, some notes. I just, oh, oh, I just oh, had a couple oh, more notes that I, I neglected okay, okay. to bring up. Uh, first of all, who has to go through the vomit for fibers? Whose job is that? <laughs> oh. Oh, oh, that's probably going to be, what was his name in last week's episode? Bailey, the guy who's like, you know, like uh, Misty said hello to him when they were at the scene in the junkyard. And he's like the guy, he's from the morgue. I reckon it was him. Poor Bailey. Oh. oh. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> and, and the kill of... Uh, tone by throwing him off the roof was really good like it's it's really awesome that we have like tv shows can have a, a budget that'll do a convincing special effect like that it looked yeah. real like he looked like really threw him off that roof yeah it was, was amazing really, yeah that's all i had 
that's cool. Oh, there's one other one that I couldn't. What? <laughs> Don't you're like well, oh, this one... using your. <laughs> well, this one, it's, not, it's not connected to anything. It's just that watching this show reminds me of my old horrible high school uh, oh, audio yeah. video teacher, Mr. <laughs> Leahy, who was like super, like he was obviously racist, but not like he didn't come across like so like blunt about it but it was like casual racism or whatever and he's also a flat <laughs> he's also a flat earther but oh, uh, yeah like, wow. talking about wow. tv shows and he'd be like and he always used to chew gummies and oh. he talked like he would this talk this like, is the like, worst <laughs> yeah he would be he would be like he'd be like what kind of shows do you guys watch and like does anybody here watch uh uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and you know, a bunch of us would raise our hands. He's like, "It's not for us. It's for the blacks." I'm like, "What? I love that show." <laughs> Matt, I thought you Canadians were meant to be nice. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, I thought so too. He not must. All of us. He must not be from. <laughs> Let's just say he's not Canadian. <laughs> he, thinks the, he thinks the world is flat. Oh. <laughs> I never uh, landed on the world's flat. <laughs> <laughs> There's like the young earthers, and then like like even crazier than that is the the flat earthers. I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Earth's flat. Sky, yeah. Sky's just a firmament. It's like that. It's like that Earth out of uh, of uh, you know Discworld, the Discworld novels. It's uh, a giant like coin. Uh, planet and it's perched on the back of four elephants standing on a turtle, don't you know? Okay, fair enough. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Uh, Michael, after that, do you have any quotes? <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm going to go. I'm going to go to the end of the episode. Okay. But I'm not going to take the whole thing. I'm just going to. When he's looking at the kid who wants to shoot him but is scared to death because, <laughs> <laughs> and he looks at him and he's just, and then he's and he's in the middle of his dialogue and he's like, "I ain't laying back no more." And that was just like where he just yeah. broke, so good, and just like, and that kid that probably crapped himself seven times. <laughs> Because he kind of like leans into the gun at that point as well, you know. Yeah, like, oh, that's when he pulls so it good. into. Him. Yeah, yeah, and that kid's just like, "What in the world did I just get?" <laughs> so good. Yeah, I, I love that moment at the end. I feel like that's really, I don't know, like the end of episode two of Daredevil in season one was that moment where, um, you know, like the hallway fight, but that moment where Matt, before he went in to rescue the kid, he like took his mask off and then he went and got the kid. And that was the moment I think I said when we did Daredevil season one, that I re- really was like, Oh my God, this is like, that's the character. That's, that's Matt Murdock. And like this moment, I think was when I was like, Oh, this is Luke Cage. You know what I mean, like, yes. Like we haven't seen him be this, we saw him get angry in Jessica Jones, but like, I don't know, like this, this kind of nailed it for me. Yeah. It was great. Now, what is the timeline? Is that a spoiler? Well, he you said know? in this episode he'd been at Pops five months. So so this is before he buys the bar, I guess, or whatever? Mm, no, this isn't a prequel. This is after Jessica Jones. Oh, is it? So Yeah, yeah. because okay. he referenced Jessica Jones last week when he talked yeah. about her shooting him. And oh, you're right, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But okay. I, um, I mean, Jessica Jones was like a year ago, so... 
I don't know if he went directly to Pops. I imagine he did because he hasn't really got anywhere else that he would have gone. So I think maybe the timeline is just a bit, um, you know, concentrated compared to reality. So I think like, because obviously we're years now after the Avengers movie, but the Daredevil series was meant to take place 18 months, I think, after. Um, And I and I don't think that adds up either. So I think it's, yeah, say five months. So maybe like a year in real time equals six months in Netflix time. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. We all get to be time travelers. Very exciting. I'm time traveling right now because I am on the 14th <laughs> of October and you guys are on the 13th. Time travel. <laughs> Spooky. You're on the uh, I'm what? You're in the Legends of Tomorrow, though. I am, yeah. <laughs> Just call me Captain Cold. He's a character in that, right? I don't know. I'm He's the only character I know. That. I don't know. <laughs> I know Tammy watches he, it. He was a character. <laughs> I still <laughs> call all the people by their names from the other shows they were in, because they're so familiar. <laughs> uh, yeah, like Rory Williams. <laughs> yeah, like Rory. And, yeah. <laughs> and the Prison Break guys. And, yeah. <laughs> I can't remember his name in Prison Break. He's just... I don't know. They're just the Prison Break guys. Yeah, you know them. Uh, (laughs) Melanie, do you have a quote? Me? You! (laughs) Yes. Um, I wonder if I can get my voice sufficiently low enough for this. Ooh. Detective, (laughs) looks like you found some better clothes to audit it. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Uh, Matt? I've only got one. It's, uh, I suggested we wait. (laughs) He he says his line's so weird, but I love it. Like, he does all these weird pauses. Like, oh, I love it. It's great. Uh, Tammy? Uh, nah, it's a miracle. I'm even alive. Random dude in Pop's barbershop that we never saw before. (laughs) Yes! But was apparently there during the shooting. I think he's the guy that follows Chico out, because you see Chico, like, coming into the shop, you know, and then I think he was behind him. But, yeah, I don't know who he was either. Random dude. Who are you, random dude? But it's a miracle he's alive. And it really is, like, he's not hit at all. Is he another blue thing? Is that, like, either a reference to something or that he was just, like, I don't know, that, that... That can't be real, because I thought for sure they had killed everyone in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, they had killed everybody. i tell you who he's like, Tammy. He's like a character that I mentioned to you recently on our other podcast, um, who I lovingly call Sinister Boy, uh, who appears in the third <laughs> Harry Potter film. And if no one knows who I'm talking about, in the third Harry Potter film, Prisoner of Azkaban, there is this kid who shows up about three times in the film and all he does is show up and just say the most creepy stuff like oh you've got that in your teacup that means you're gonna die harry potter and then like is is never heard from again in any of the other films it's so weird yes so this this kid is like him that video is yeah, I posted a video of it. It's so weird. It's just like this random kid, never seen again. Who are you, random sinister boy? <laughs> and that's exactly what this guy is. He's this <laughs> random dude who somehow magically survived this uh, all the gun, 
all the bullets that came out of that gun. <laughs> so do you guys think that Chico is dead? Probably I not. He would have died outright if he was going yeah. to die. Just, that's how they would have written. Yeah, and Luke, Luke didn't really go and see him, like, because Pop was obviously dying, so wouldn't that be that he had died outright? Well, no, I, I thought they took him out on a stretcher, and they didn't yeah. have, like, the thing over him, like, the like he's dead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. uh, okay. Oh, damn it. I was trying to foil you then. Uh, so, I have a, I have a quote. <laughs> I have a quote from Turk. Um... And it's Turk and Cottonmouth, which is, Yo, where's my money? How the hell did you get up here? I'm Turk Barrett, baby. The door ain't been built yet that can hold me back. Now where's my money? <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. It's great. Uh, any other quotes, guys? I'm sure I have another one somewhere. Uh, I like uh, <laughs> Pops at the beginning when he's done cutting someone's hair and he says, See you next week, Victor. And I was like, no, no, you won't. Oh, oh. <laughs> he's so sad. <laughs> oh. oh, I have one which is Luke, which is I ain't guilty, but I ain't innocent either. I like that one. That's good. I also have the entire conversation between Turk and Bobby Fish written because I loved it so much. <laughs> oh God, that was good. So yeah. this, that is just because they call you Bobby Fish, don't mean you're Bobby Fisher. And you ain't Turkish neither, Turk. Not last time I checked. That's not what your daughter said. Yeah, but your mama confirmed it. Oh, you think you could throw me off my game talking about my mama? Oh, no. She is a well-established hoe. That should not phase you one bit, Jack. Uh, I, I, that is funny how the, both of their names, they have, like, namesakes that are, like, big chess legends or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. I wonder if the that Turk was... and Bob. Yeah. As, as much as I hated him, I have a tone line. <laughs> <laughs> you, you seem non-committal, so I made an executive decision. Oh, <laughs> I, oh my god! Just I feel like that was when he right sealed now. his fate. Yep. Yeah. That was. You know what? I was surprised that he didn't. He didn't really like. I thought for sure he would kill him right away, but then he was like, "No, no, it's okay. You made a mistake." I was like, "Really? Like, yeah, you're not going to kill him right away?" He was going to let everything go until he heard about Pop. Yeah, that was the, yeah. He even let yeah. him get away with calling him, I mean, he, he got angry about it when he called him Cottonmouth, and he's like, my name is not Cottonmouth! But yeah, he was yeah. gonna, like, let him go, and then it's like, oh. Very, yeah. He's very forgiving until, you know, mm-hmm. until he's not. <laughs> <laughs> he's like uh, Dalton out of uh, Roadhouse, where he plays nice until it's time to not be nice. <laughs> oh, Dalton. <laughs> my hero. <laughs> Okay. Your story. <laughs> oh, absolutely. That's what he does best. And then does like semi naked sweaty Tai Chi by a lake. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then pushes pushes stuffed polar bears on top of people. <laughs> oh, I love that film so much. <laughs> uh that film is Roadhouse, if anyone has not seen it, you need to go and see it like right now. It's so good. Uh, immediately. Yeah, yes. Immediately. Um, so, feedback time. Or oh, any other quotes, guys? Or quotes all done? Cool. Uh, we'll be here all night if I keep going. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. I've got, like, all yeah. of Turk's dialogue, basically. Well, Melanie, I'm sending you a little present in Skype uh, from our friend Sedna. Only feedbacker of this oh, week. Oh, she's oh. not my friend. <gasps> oh, Oh, again, again, my idea of Canadians being friendly is just being torn apart this week. Wow, yeah. Canadians are mean. 
No, I was just maybe that maybe Matt's teacher was just kidding when he said that. <laughs> I don't think he was. <laughs> I don't really think the Earth is flat. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, wow, Misty's got a standing in the corner. No, wait. Wow, Misty's got a standing in the come to life photo, psychic deductive power, and mad basketball skills. She is totally the coolest. <laughs> I quote, dig. <laughs> Richard Price to Luke. Nice literary discussion here, including writers of The Wire, Lehane, Lahan, Lahane, I can't remember how you say that. Lahane? I, I think it's Lahane. Pel- Pelicanos. This and some of the same actors showing up made me want to have a marathon rewatch. For real. True that. <laughs> it's motherfucking Turk. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Ching. Uh, <laughs> Back from Hawkins, Indiana in the 80s when Pop was running in Beat Street with Cottonmouth and Chico's dad. Oh, fuck. Cha-ching. No Pop's dead. And Tone, too. So Turk's out of there. It's much more fun getting roughed up by Matt Murdock. As long as now, as now we're post... Uh, oh, post-season two. He's not gone full of born again. What's dossing? What is that? Dossing in the trash in a puppet jacket. What's dossing? What does that mean? I have no idea. Dossing in the trash in a puppet jacket. <laughs> oh, Lord, we can always hope. <laughs> I'm just going to go with it. <laughs> Way to end an episode. Resolute, a bit of black history. I've never heard of Christmas Addicts before. It's a good idea to watch the show with a tab open on Wikipedia. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> And a bullet off the abs. Luke does like testing dangerous stuff on those abs. <laughs> <laughs> What's going to be next? Mm. Uh, going to like chemicals. or a rattles uh, like a snake. He's going to be like bite my abs, snake. <laughs> He's going to drop an atomic bomb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing. Uh, right, well, that was our feedback for the week. Like, guys, you all sent us feedback last week. Just Sedna this week. Oh, even though we love Sedna, we love you. But uh, please let us know your thoughts, guys. We want to know. Um, okay, so now it's time to do scores, and I'm going to uh, pass over to Michael. By the way, no pressure, Michael, but you have to send feedback every week now. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, what would you I'll like to rate this time. episode? Yeah, yeah, go back in so... time, rewatch them. <laughs> And rewatch a couple episodes. Uh, yeah, um, I am only going to judge it based off the first two and pretend I didn't see any other ones. Um, but I, I really like this a lot because I think it really um, sets the character off and he becomes Duke Cage at the end there uh, when he messes with the kid. So uh, I'm going to give this one a solid eight because I want to leave room just in case. So I'm going to say Fair enough. Um, uh, Mel. Oh, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tammy. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I I like this one better than last week's episode. Um, I thought it was really strong. I cannot believe they killed Pop so soon. Uh, and I I love seeing like this beginning of you know this badass Luke Cage who's just not going to take shit from anybody and he's going to clean the streets. I don't know what he's going to do, but he's kind of amazing and I'm <laughs> excited to see where he goes. Um, he's 
he ain't lying down no more. That much we know. <laughs> or lying back or whatever. So, um, uh, but yeah, so I liked it a lot better. Uh, I too think that there is uh, the potential of having an even better episode. So I won't give it a 10, but I will give it a 9 out of 10. Wow. <laughs> nice. I, I really, and the amount of like quotes I have is kind of ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> um, Matt. Matthew. Um, I liked it a lot. Um, yeah, you get the, the beginning of the classic hero's journey. You gotta lose your mentor. Yeah. <laughs> That's the first step of the hero's journey. Um, uh, I really liked Misty Knight being able to show off her basketball skills. And yeah. uh, just seeing yeah Luke become... Uh, less uh, apathetic and start trying to do do stuff be helpful and i think he's just going to go more and more that way and become a hero and that's good um i'll give it eight out of ten uzi maniacs <laughs> <laughs> wrong matt you're wrong what? luke is not going to become a hero he's going to become a thug yeah <laughs> uh, super thug <laughs> <laughs> Melanie? <laughs> yes. Um, so, yes, I agree with you guys. It's a good episode. Um, I like all the character moments. Like that like that text messaging moment for Tony. <laughs> it's like so, like, it was so him, you know? Like, it's just like that little autocorrect. I was like, oh, that's, that's perfect, you know? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, just all the... Everything is pretty good. Um... And yeah, just like some stuff didn't gel for me. Like we already talked about that scene where like uh, Cottonmouth is at the barber and, you know, I was like, yeah, like I don't know about this. Uh, but yeah, the rest is good. So I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10 uh, uncounted specific amounts of cash. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly how I count cash every time. I just look at it and I'm like, and I, I know. <laughs> Cha-ching. Uh, so yeah, I, I um, agree with Tammy. I prefer this episode to last week's. Um, uh, really liked it. Mainly, uh, I think because it's the return of Turk, who I just love, and I want him. I want him to be like like Mahoney um, in in terms of like just turning up in all the shows, like Brett. Um, that isn't a spoiler as to whether he turns up for this show or not, by the way. But he was in like Jessica Jones, and he's in Daredevil. And then obviously you have Claire Temple turning up in the shows. Uh, I just want Turk to be in like all of them, so I'd love for him to have been in Jessica Jones as well. And I hope he appears in Iron Fist. But um, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, there was a few issues which we've kind of spoken about, but I mean, uh, I really think this is where Mike Coulter kind of like steps up and claims this as his show um, and takes the sort of lead role on um, in that last scene, which uh, is a really cool moment to see. Um, I love Misty Knight. I think she's awesome. Yeah, so lots of cool stuff. So I'm going to give it as well an 8 out of 10. <gasps> Turks going back to Hell's Kitchen where it's safe. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, do you not remember Hell's Kitchen, Turk? Like, you're always being beaten up by Daredevil. Uh, so that gives this episode an 8.2. Tammy likes this episode nice. the most. Yes, I I really, really like this episode. <laughs> Tammy's a super fan. <laughs> I don't know if I'm a super fan, but I really like this episode. <laughs> um, so now, guys, it's time for us to thank our very special guest, the magical Michael David. 
Um, I don't know why you're magical. I just decided. Um, but thank you for coming on. I'm glad you could because it's always a pleasure, obviously, to chat with you I'm and to hear your dulcet tones. Yeah, I'm glad your reminder was wrong last week because I was like, wow, I'm not ready. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. For some reason, the reminder was that we were recording on the third and not the 13th. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, it was very, it was like 1130 and we both got a reminder. And then you were like, are we meant to be recording? And I was like, no, because I'm in bed. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I don't know what was happening with that. It was very weird. Um, but yeah, but thank you for coming on. And I'm glad that you uh, enjoyed this foggyless uh, episode. Um, um, your cage is so good. I, I can't wait to finish the series. <laughs> ooh. Where can people hear you if they want to hear more from uh, you? Yeah. I'm on Internet X once in a while. And yeah. <laughs> You're going to be on for and season 10? Yeah, I just I traded. I got to see when I'm coming up. It's a couple weeks, I think. Nice. I'm watching oh. a spoiler free. <laughs> yeah, I, I have it. I, I, I trade it for a week and I knew I'd be free. And I uh, do some video game podcasts and other stuff over at asapodcasting.com. And we have a charity event coming up. Very cool. October Very cool. for cystic fibrosis. Can you send me details of that and I'll put it on the page? Yes, once I get my. I'm not organized, so. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're doing like 12 hours and raising money. We've, we've already got some raised, so. It's so cool. Yeah, and you do that. You did one like not that long ago as well, didn't you? Like you do them quite regularly. I think it was last November. Was it? Maybe. Oh, that's gone quick. Yeah, yeah. That's scary. Yeah, time wow. It's yeah. like ridiculous. This year's flown. Cool. Yes. Um, my lovely co-hosts. Do you have anything to plug this week? Uh, is Twin Peaks podcast back yet? I know we've been saying this since we started this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> not yet, but I guess we're going to be reviewing the. Uh, uh, what is it called? In Twin Peaks? Secret History of Twin Peaks. Yeah. Ah, the Mark Frost book, which is out yeah. in a, f- a week or so? Or is it out now? Yeah. It's out Apparently very soon. a week. We pre-ordered it, didn't we? Yep. Yeah. Very cool. I have to ask, are you going to be reviewing the Twin Peaks cookbook by Lindsay Bowden? Because I, I really want you to make lots of recipes and then eat them and then review them. Uh, I did not know this was coming out. Yeah, but it's by the creator of the the Twin Peaks Festival, Lindsay. She's done a Twin Peaks cookbook. It's coming out. It's not out yet, but it's coming out soon, I think. You'll you'll have to let me know when that's out. I will do. Cool. Yeah. Um, And Tammy, what have you been up to? As if I didn't know. (laughs) Uh, Trying to make it through the last couple episodes of (laughs) X-Files. Trying to survive them. We have five left, guys. Five left. For now, and I think I think like we've dis- <laughs> we've discussed on the podcast as well on Intro to X where we talk about X Files. In I think when X Files came back, like it was particularly see particularly noticeable with the new episodes because it's a show that came back in like 2016. It just can't compete against the shows we have now, like the quality of them. If we're comparing it to something like the Marvel Netflix shows or other stuff from Netflix, you know, like Narcos or you know like even older stuff like breaking bad or house of cards it just can't compete it's just we're at a completely different level of television these days you know like we're so lucky what i i think the other things on that night like last week was something like agent carter and something else and i was like well yeah that's oh the flash 
Yeah. On the Flash. Yeah. So. <laughs> and um, you know, watching that first episode, I was like, I wish I were watching Agent Carter or the Flash again. <laughs> um, so yeah, but you and I will survive, Claire. Yeah, we will. We'll survive. We can do it. <laughs> always forward, Tammy. Always forward. <laughs> so now it's time to predict what's going to happen in next week's episode and tammy i don't know obviously it's another gangstar uh track well this one is called who's gonna take the weight how is weight spelled uh like (laughs) like a, a measurement okay um is it going to be the weight of Pops's corpse? <laughs> it's the weight. It's the weight of the world Aww. on the shoulders. It's like it's kind of like how Hercules, you know, when Atlas uh, needed Hercules to hold the world up for a sec, yeah. Luke Cage is going to hold up the entire Earth for a sec. Wow. He has got some very broad, manly shoulders that I'm sure could do it. <laughs> also, would it be easier or harder to hold up the world if the world was flat? <laughs> here, here. You can hold it like a pizza pan above the head. <laughs> like giant pizza. <laughs> so you think Luke's going to have the weight of the world on his shoulders. Why do you think Luke was at uh, Christmas Attics? Just kind uh, of scope what's where, going on. Isn't that where uh, Mariah works out of? Yes. Yeah. Uh, does he have a reason to suspect her of something? I can't remember. Oh, he saw her with the bag. He saw her with the bag. He saw her with oh, the yeah. bag. Yeah, he saw yeah. Yeah, the bag at the end. Yeah, and I assume he's watching the building because he had saw Cottonmouth there earlier with mm-hmm. all of his guys going. And he knows that they're cousins um, as well. Yeah. 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 Okay, well, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, so, Michael, you can take us out with a Excelsior or a Sweet Christmas if you'd like, or basically a quote of your choosing. I don't care. I'm going to use Sweet Christmas. Ooh. Aww. Oh, Michael. <laughs> 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 gonna have that as my ringtone <laughs> <laughs> bye everyone bye. bye 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 thank you for listening you can comment and send feedback to us by emailing defenderspod at gmail.com you can find us on facebook at facebook.com forward slash defenderspodcast or on twitter at defenderspod Defenders Podcast is created under a Creative Commons Attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported international license. That means you can share it, you can send it to your friends, you just can't make any money off of it. You can't change it, and you have to link back to us and our site. Excelsior!